0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Welcome back. Thank you. You are friggin welcome.
1: Good golly. It's been a while.
0: What's our excuse this time? Uh, Why are you so close to the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> did heavy, you? Did we forget how
1: to do this? Heavy breathing. <laughs>
0: um. Uh, at,
1: what is our excuse? Finals know. week?
0: Question mark? Yeah, I can't use that one. I did my finals over midterm break and literally fucking submitted them like last week.
1: I would say finals week in rapidly deteriorating mental health. I was going to say how about depressive episodes? (laughs) That sounds about right for the both of us. Honestly, okay, tonight has been the most I have last (laughs) 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 laughed in probably months. No, weeks. Once is a little dramatic. Mm. Weeks.
0: Let's be real, though. Like, we've both been so busy, and we know that when we're not together very often, our mental health tanks.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: But we've both been so busy, and our schedules have been so polar opposite that we haven't really hung out that much.
1: Never. Nope. Never? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> my
0: life is over now. This is a
1: stranger in my house. <laughs> Who are you? Yes. Um. <clears throat> I feel like I have not. Like, I've seen you, but, like, we haven't hung out. Like, always- me, me going to sit with you at work isn't us hanging out. No, and it's always, like,
0: business related
1: mm-hmm.
0: or like work related or whatever
1: so yeah
0: here we freaking are
1: we really don't have an excuse for being like a month
0: late. no i'm really you know <laughs> we're just i'm not even sorry you might be
1: it'd be different if like i took off the time to better my mental health but instead <laughs> i just laid in my bed and cried the whole time
0: but sometimes that is bettering your mental health <sighs> You got to feel it to heal it, sister. It's like one of my catchphrases with my clients. Nice. I want to say they love it, but I doubt that they do.
1: I always try and say like funny, young, hip things to my clients and they look at me like, I fucking
0: hate They're you. like, why are you speaking to me?
1: Yeah, that's usually how it goes.
0: Yeah, I can't.
1: Chelsea, Hi. you are graduating in like four days.
0: I know. And my
1: birthday's in two. I know. Happy have, so- have birthday, Saints! I have no idea what I'm gonna do. I'm old, though. Like, well, we're throwing you a graduation party, and then we're getting together tomorrow night because we determined that's the <laughs> only time we can get together. We should probably tell everybody else. That's what we decided. Oh, mm-hmm. probably. Um. So you graduate on Friday. Congrats. Thanks. It feels weird. Like I feel like I'm
0: forgetting to do something.
1: Like you graduated four years ago already?
0: Yeah. Like, like, I feel like I should have, because normally I would be doing homework every night after work and I would be stressed to the max. And like today I I left work and I got home and I was like, huh, what do I do with all this spare time? Mm -hmm. I guess I could read one of those books that are collecting dust in my bookshelf that I buy when I'm chasing dopamine and never read.
1: (laughs) Me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I still have one semester left. Sad face. So close. You're, like, right at that end, though. Tell me when that, like, graduation
0: itch hits and when you feel like not doing anything.
1: Um, Probably in the summer of 2020 when I started grad school. I
0: was going to say, mine hit the moment I I hit my acceptance letter.
1: Mm -hmm. That didn't make any sense. No, it did. It made sense in my brain.
0: (laughs) That's why we're best friends. What about you? What have you been up to?
1: Um... Wow. When's the last time I didn't cry? <laughs> <Today>. <laughs> I probably did. <laughs> um, honestly, nothing. I've been trying to keep up with my finals, um, which are done. Yay. And that's about it. Literally. Yeah. That is all. Chris and I are rewatching Grays, and Saturday we were on season 13, and Sunday we were on season 15
0: man you guys really had a weekend
1: (laughs) yep (laughs) it's literally about it you're looking at my very sad life right now
0: i don't think it's a sad life i kind of am jealous sometimes because Mm -hmm. my life is always so chaotic and hectic and crazy but i'm like i just want a weekend where i can just like lay on the couch and eat donuts all day long
1: Mm -hmm.
0: something's happening in your hallway yeah we want to talk about it why are they loud do so you want me to go regulate some shit? Hi. <laughs> hey!
1: No, girl. I'll get my
0: mom voice on, <laughs> scare all these little
1: college kids. Hi. Hey! Oh, good grief. Okay. But yeah. Well, well
0: there's that, our. That's not- our
1: explanation without it being an explanation on why we're so fucking behind.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Not really sorry. Kind of sorry.
1: Mm-mm.
0: I just. It's hard for me to be sorry because I think that like. I was so overwhelmed and overstimulated and overworked that if we had tried to sit down and record, it would have been a shit show. Yeah, like it would have been half-assed and it would not have been fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I like to do this because it's fun. Yeah. So that's why I'm not sorry. So um, we got our 2021
1: wrapped yeah. up. Yeah, we got the um, the Spotify wrapped for our podcast. And our show has been streamed in four new countries. We got Panama, Portugal, the Philippines, and the Dominican Republic.
0: That's so crazy to me.
1: It is insane.
0: Like, our little voices and cartoon faces are out there in those countries. Yeah. It's Cuckoo banunas. Weird. Okay, shall we go to Mom Corner?
1: Yes!
0: I don't remember the last one we read, so... The first one she sent is from an Instagram called the Be Happy Project, which now I feel like I kind of want to follow. And it says, so recommit. Oh, this is good for New Year's. So recommit. Recommit as many times as you need to your well-being, your dreams, your spiritual health, your workouts, or your promises. Recommit to to your self-belief. Failure is an illusion, and the idea that you can't start over will do nothing but keep you in a space of sadness. You can start over at any time, at any minute, and this one feels perfect.
1: Aww.
0: I know. Aww. I probably was having a mental breakdown, and that's why that one got sent to us. Let's be honest. Mm. The other one is by Brian Anthony's, with an S. It's called Grit.
1: Plural. Yes. Anthony, but plural. Many many of him.
0: What? <laughs> I think that's just his last name. <laughs> Anthony with an S.
1: <laughs> oh, you, you, you mean to tell me it's how we saw a group of men named Anthony? It's not. <laughs>
0: No, it is for it is one. One sad Anthony's. this <laughs> says grit. Um, she's unshakable, not because she doesn't know pain or failure, but because she always pushes through. Because she always shows up and never gives up. Because she believes anything is possible, no matter the odds. She's just like a pearl, made from grit, but full of grace. Aw. Beautiful. Love. Love. So, yeah, it's it's been a busy month. We opened our... Well, me, Davina, and Adri opened our private practice, um, and we've—that's been really successful. I got certified in Reiki, so that's also been wildly successful. So fucking cool, dude! Do you know how cool it is to like walk into that building with a key and be like, "I fucking own this shit." Mm -hmm. Well, I don't own the building, but I own all the materials inside. I know. So
1: freaking cool. I know. You're the coolest. Since
0: I asked Davina today if she ever felt that way, and she's like, "No," I was like.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. like, thanks for stomping on my dreams.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fine. But yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been a really busy month. And I'm ready for things to like just
1: even out. What are your plans for Christmas?
0: I'll have my kids. So, I think we're actually going to go to Denver to see my little sister and brother-in-law the 22nd and 23rd. And then I'll come back Christmas Eve and we'll do Christmas here. Nice. And I don't ever do, like, a big fancy Christmas dinner. We do, like, a taco bar. hmm And so, like, we all make a different Mexican dish. hmm And that's what we do.
1: What are your plans for Christmas? We're going to go home, go see my babies. That's it. The whole break? Uh, no, we're leaving the 23rd and we're coming back the 26th. That's right. So, only a few days. Are we taking the deucer? No, I think we're going to have Morgan watch the babies. Is she going to be able to stay? Um, I don't know. Morgan. 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 Well,
0: my offer stands if she cannot, I can stay with the deucer. Deuce. <laughs> Not the whole time, but Christmas Eve and Christmas.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll coordinate. Okay, whatever. This whatever. is a separate Moving combo. On. Well, I'll coordinate.
0: What are we talking about today?
1: So I thought it would be um, a little because we we talk about different topics in the mental health field. Um, We kind of touch a little bit on like what we do and the work that we do, Mm -hmm. but not a whole lot. So I thought it would be a cool idea if we just kind of talked about like our theories and the frameworks that we work the most around because I mean every clinician or social worker or counselor is very different in how they do things and I think that this would be a really cool opportunity just to, like, highlight the the things that work the best with us. So, I love it.
0: I love you. I love you.
1: Uh, Sorry. This is a very, very good moment. Sorry. For I, loving me? No, I gotta, off. I gotta quit acting like you're a goddess. <laughs> Mild shade thrown. <laughs> ah, need some ice? Some ointment.
0: (laughs) Why did you say it like that? Some ointment.
1: (laughs) Maybe I'll use some of that fucking sunburn relief you have in your fridge in place of coffee. Oh my god. So here's the thing. My Keurig is (laughs) just a little... Like, if you put too much water in the back, even though you pick the medium cup, it'll keep fucking going. This bitch has some emotional issues. Until the water is gone. (laughs) So, Chelsea... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Chelsea comes in with a thing of tea and she's like, I'm on this tea cake. I love tea. And then she sits down and goes, she made me some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So what do I do? I'll make this bitch some coffee. It fills to the brim. Like (laughs) one more drop and it would have been over for us. One more drop of liquid into that cup. Um, So we had to maneuver the cup around (laughs) to make sure No coffee was spilt. That didn't necessarily work. She had to dump some out. I only had one paper towel. (laughs) I used it. She took a quarter of it and dabbled. Um, There's no creamer. She put expired chocolate milk in there.
0: (laughs) It was a whole thing. It's still a thing because it tastes like shit and I'm really fucking sad about it. I told you the milk wasn't good. No, it's not because the milk is bad. I just, I used to drink my coffee black and then I got spoiled and was like, oh, I love myself. I'm going to put cream in it. And now I fucking hate it black and it still tastes like it's black. I love black coffee. Yeah, I have to be in the mood for it. Anyway, moving on. Theoretical orientations. Let's get away from this coffee talk. Where do you want to start? I don't
1: know. I guess I didn't think about anything other than like our own. I guess we should have figured something out. About well, what theoretical frameworks and orientations are in the first place. Well, I fucking had to take an entire class on theories. Oh, theory. perfect! So Here we go. You. Educate us, please. Well, now I'm nervous. I <laughs> <laughs> hate you.
0: Um, so it depends. Like Emily said, like every clinician every social worker every mental health provider in any capacity approaches situations differently Mm -hmm. that's why when you come into therapy nine times out of ten your therapist is going to be like we might not click and that's okay if i'm not a good fit let me know and we'll find someone that is because we all are people first Mm -hmm. and that's like one of the first things when you learn you learn when you go into the mental health field is you're still a person and like your personality and your uniqueness and your genuineness like that's what makes you a good therapist. And so if you hide that or you try to pretend that you're interpreting something in a way that you're not, your clients are going to fucking see through that in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different theoretical orientations and new ones are coming about every single day. The most common one is, or like the most known one is psychoanalytic theory. Mm -hmm. And that's that stereotypical, like when you think about it, it's very Freudian, very, everything is focused on psychosexual stages and...
1: I'm not a fan of the Freud theories. Very textbook. Yeah. I am I am very far from textbook things just because...
0: I'm sorry. I'm getting really uncomfortable. I'm struggling. I just washed these and I forgot to put a dryer sheet in. So, like, it's static clinging to me and the chair is plastic. And so I'm having so many issues right now. Are you okay? No. No. Freud, help me.
1: Have you... Off topic, have you heard that TikTok sound that's um like, yeah, and can I please get a pumpkin loaf? And they're like, sorry, we're all out of pumpkin loaves. Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's me. That's me. Can I have this? No. Okay, okay thank you. <laughs> I agree with what you said to me. Uh, anyways, yes, textbook um, theories and frameworks are not my cup of coffee with chocolate. <laughs> chocolate expired chocolate milk creamer (laughs) Mm,
0: so Freud really talked about like the theories of personalities and the dynamics of personality development and he looks at like the levels of consciousness so if you've ever heard like id ego and super ego that's very Freudian Mm -hmm. um and so his main Goal in, th- in therapy was to make the unconscious processes conscious. So he really like dug into your past, um, dug into that conscious thought process and trying to figure out like what's going on in there, like what's mm-hmm. trapped in your brain mm-hmm. and making that come to the forefront so you could deal with it. So that's very psychoanalytic. Um, some other psychoanalytic theorists, Carl Jung, Eric Erickson, um, both very prominent individuals in the therapy field. I use a lot of, like, quotes from Carl Jung because I really like him. Mm-hmm. So.
1: um,
0: Do you want to talk about your theory?
1: I am very – so my background is in social work. Um, and my theory is a very, very, very basic one. It's one of the very first ones that you learn about. But, And I think that this one is so prominent in my – practices right now is because my case manager currently will it change maybe Mm -hmm. um but my main go-to theory is the systems theory oh okay um like i said it's very related to what i'm doing in case management it's the idea that so there's like a lot of moving parts with um what makes you you so i mean you look at things like your family your environment um your peers your fuck even your diet and Mm -hmm. you know all of these different things they make up your current situation and so when you look at all of these different things so say chelsea comes into me and she's like i'm struggling with this this and this and this okay what's your home life look like what's uh, how um thin are you spreading yourself at work um so you're looking at all of these different outside um things that make chelsea chelsea Mm -hmm. and we look at fixing those things And to me, like I said, that, that's very case manager-y to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's mine. Yeah. What's yours? Um, so mine
0: kind of varies. Um, so like <clears throat> I use a lot of pieces from different theories. My main theory is existential theory. Yeah. And essentially what that means is like I have a firm belief that everyone in life has some sort of purpose or meaning and that's what we're searching for. And when you feel like you have a lack of meaning or a lack of purpose, you tend to have more issues with your mental health. So it really focuses on like the here and now, like, yes, the things that happened in your past are relevant and they do impact your current behavior, but how is that? How is your current behavior affecting your future self? Mm-hmm. And so we approach things like, we approach things as like there are two things that are certain in this world and that's change and death. And so if you make death normal and you talk about like, yep, we're all, we're all going at some point. What are we going to do to make the most out of what we have here? Mm -hmm. And how can we cope with what you've been through and what you've experienced and what you're struggling with right now so that it's not a continued issue in the future? So that's kind of like my main base. But I pull a lot from like cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very person-centered. So that's another one that's all about the client. Right. Person-centered therapy is very much like I fully believe that the client has the power to solve their own problems. So the main technique that you use in person-centered theory is therapeutic rapport. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with the client is first and foremost. And so you build any sort of treatment around what's going to be best for that client. Um, That's very talk therapy. Mm -hmm. So I'm very person-centered, very existential, but I draw from a bunch of different theories. I draw a lot of like DBT, CBT techniques to utilize and practice.
1: very nice that's my bitch very nice very nice so what's going to be hard about this topic is there are a
0: lot of theories Mm -hmm. and that I think is where we're going to kind of struggle okay (laughs) because I'm like let's talk about all of them um so there's obviously developmental therapy and that's where you look at like cognitive emotional and social development Mm mm-hmm um and you look at it from like birth to death and so why people behave in certain ways and it's tied back to like their developmental process if there's a deficit in a prior area of development something that a need that wasn't met or some kind of deficit then you're also going to struggle in every future area of development like there are certain things that you're supposed to meet in every area Mm -hmm. I'm not a very big developmental therapist I think it's important to know because I'm not going to treat a six-year-old client the same way I would treat a 60-year-old client. They're in very different life stages. So recognizing those and knowing those is important for every clinician in every theory. <coughs> what are you looking at?
1: Um, I just have a list of um, social work theories, which mm-hmm. aren't just like social work. Um, so here you've got like the social learning theory, which is really that like we learn by observing behaviors of others. Mm-hmm um that one's very bandura right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so it was developed by it was developed by albert bandura
0: yep so that's the bobo doll experiment have -hmm. have you seen that Mm -hmm. so if you haven't seen that um what he does is he puts this like very terrifying clown blow up (laughs) punching doll thing (laughs) in a room with kids and at first he just like lets them in there and do whatever and they completely ignore this thing and then they watch an adult like beat the shit out of this scary, freaky clown thingy that you know comes back, and I have nightmares about it. Um, and then he puts the kids back in the room, and they model that same behavior that they saw the adult doing. So that's kind of like the best example of social
1: learning theory, right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just a systems theory, which is like. Um, outside factors, working together as a system to make you who who you are. So like family, friends, social settings, religious structure, economic class, um, all those different things. Um, We have the psychosocial development theory, which we've talked about, psychoanalytic, social exchange theory, um, basically says that relationships are based on a cost-benefit analysis, So people are seeking to maximize their benefits and they're um, expected to reciprocate those benefits that they've received, you take, Mm -hmm. you give. Um, Rational choice theory, um, basically that just helps explain why people make the choices that they do. And then now I'm getting into models. We get the CBT, the DBT, the crisis intervention model, um, narrative therapy, problem solving, So all of those are very cool. Cognitive behavioral
0: therapy is, so there's like the cognitive theories where you just focus on decision-making and challenging the Mm -hmm. negative thoughts, and it's all about cognition. And then you have behavioral theories that are all focused on behavior. So then you have cognitive behavioral therapy, which works hand in hand, because if you change the thought patterns, the behavior changes. Mm -hmm. And so you work on like challenging those thoughts while looking for behavior change. Um, So like I said, I draw a lot from CBT. Because there are a lot of really amazing techniques that you can use to help challenge those automatic negative thoughts. And by doing that, you're able to elicit behavior change. Mm-hmm. Narrative therapy, I also really like, which I think would be interesting to talk about.
1: So when I hear narrative therapy, um, I really think of working with kiddos. Yeah. Um, it's putting in, I think some people have different definitions for narrative therapy, which is why I bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um for me, when the, the very first time I learned about narrative therapy, it was in a situation working with kiddos mostly, and it's putting a name and a face to their problem yeah. um, makes it a lot easier for them to address it because there's these big, scary, ugly feelings that they don't know how to approach or even identify. And so if they say, oh, this thing is big and brown and ugly and gross, mm-hmm. um, then it's a little bit easier for them to address it.
0: I use narrative
1: therapy a lot
0: with like rape victims, Mm -hmm. domestic violence, domestic violence victims. I use it a lot with my teens, um, especially if they're struggling with like power controls and power differentials with parents or other friends. Right. Because the basis of this is like, you have a certain narrative of your life that you believe has been written for you, Mm -hmm. but you can change that narrative. So helping them rewrite that story from a position of personal power helps them change the way they look at the issue. So like you think about a rape victim who very much is like a victim of rape and mm-hmm. that's the narrative that they have. And then you help them rewrite that narrative right. to a survivor standpoint. Mm-hmm. And they're much more empowered and it helps them process that in a very different way. So I use it with kiddos the way you were talking about, but I mm-hmm. also use it
1: with other really significant yeah. abuse and trauma. Yeah. Um- Going back to the case management, there's also the problem solving model, which was actually created by a social worker um, who is actually the author of a book called Social Casework, A Problem Solving Process. Um, So really what this model does is it looks at a list of problems, focuses on one problem and how to fix it.
0: Oh, Casework.
1: Yeah.
0: So. So that's also very like in the counseling world, that's solution focused. Mm hmm you know, which is, yep, there's a problem, let's find a solution. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for me when I started my practicum. Um, God, that was like a year and a half ago now. But when I started my practicum, it was really hard for me to turn off my case manager brain and turn on my therapy brain because as a therapist, you are not there to solve problems for them. You are there to help empower your clients to solve their own problems. Boop. I just booped O'Malley. Um, so there's also like personality theories and that looks at like patterns of thoughts, feelings and behavior and how that makes that person unique. Um, and so that, again, it, it turns into like Eric, Eric, Eric Erickson's psychosocial development, the big five personality theory. Just looking at that. Are we I'm sure we're missing a bunch oh. of theories, because like I said, there are so many that keep coming out. And it's hard to keep up with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it. I don't know that we could ever actually just sit here and name every single Mm-mm. clinical theory coming from a social work perspective and a psychology perspective. Yeah. I think it would be very hard. Agreed. There's also like the polyvagal theory, and I don't know if you know anything about that. I don't. Explain it to me. Oh, fuck. Now I have to look it up. Oh, God. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Um, it's interesting. And I wish I had known before that we were going to talk about this and I would ask Davina some questions because she actually is like a very big fan of this.
1: Polyvagal theory. It's pretty new. Ooh, we missed one like huge fucking theory. What? The attachment theory. Oh, there's that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, the attachment theory is it suggests that because a baby's reliance on stronger and wiser adults, they have um, several programmed behaviors that kick in, like when they're hungry, they're scared, they're happy, things like that. Yeah. Okay. So polyvagal theory.
0: So this is basically a collection of neuroscientific and psychological constructs pertaining to the role of the vagus nerve and emotional regulation. Um So it basically, it takes its name from the vagus, which is a cranial nerve that forms the primary component of the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Um, So it basically looks at like the parasympathetic nervous system is being split into two branches. Um, There's the ventral vagal system, which supports social engagement, and a dorsal vagal system, which supports immobilization behaviors. Um, So the theory is basically saying that there's a hierarchy of your nervous system, and then the changes within your neurons affects how you behave. So it's all based on like physiology and biology and chemical imbalances. And um I'm sure I'm butchering this. If Davina's listening, she'd be like, You're stupid. That's not what it is. Fired. You're fired. So in I mean, in simple terms, it's the automatic nervous system. It seems complex. It seems very complex. But what it does is it has a hierarchy of nervous systems that follow a natural order depending on the safety or danger of a situation. So it's all about the stress response, right? Mm -hmm. Fight or flight kicks in, you dump a bunch of stress hormones, your body stores those. What happens? Do you process them? Do you store them? And that changes the way your polyvagal nervous system processes trauma and abuse. And so it's interesting. Um, So, I I mean, basically this website, ctcounseling.org, um, talks about picturing brain chemistry like a hurricane so we can imagine bad weather it's difficult to imagine changing the weather so this is where like um neurofeedback comes from and neuroplasticity looking at those chemicals and figuring out how we rewire and restructure the brain Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of like the simplest way to put it is the restructure of the brain after any sort of trauma Yeah. What? (laughs) Was I not supposed to push it? Good. You're good. Here we are. So that, I have something that talks of, oh, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm showing my therapist (laughs) that. So, okay. Story time. Time out. Time out from theories. So. Avery has been significantly more attached to me when she's with me on her days. Like, doesn't want to leave my side. Doesn't want to go with anyone. Yeah. Is having a hard time going to school.
1: Uh, <laughs> I if you can hear that. All of which is very normal. You <laughs> um, <Even> nasty bitch!
0: <laughs> you keep saying that to me. Do you know who you are? <laughs> so she's just been extra attached speaking of attachment theory yeah um and so um ross came up and we were like gonna go out to dinner for my birthday except my like the birthday he had planned for me got ruined because of the snow um and i just don't i don't travel Mm -hmm. when it's you know icy and snowy and so he actually came down and we were gonna go to dinner and she was like devastated Mm -hmm. so she came with us And the only rule was, like, she had to dress fancy. This little girl wore the fanciest dress she owns with a pink feather boa, put her hair in a bow, and put makeup all up over her face to go to the the winery at the country kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) She was able to order whatever she wanted. (laughs) Stroke. Um, And so she got a Mr. Chippy pancake, obviously. Always. With toast. Staple. Staple, yep put an atrocious amount of salt on her toast underneath
1: her jam. (laughs) Ew, Avery? (laughs) Why? I don't know. Did she eat it? She ate
0: some of it and then gave it to me. And she's like, take a bite. And like stared at me until I took a bite. Yep. It was great. It was very salty. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, do I get dessert? So she orders a sundae and she's like, I don't want that. Like, we realized what a hard woman she's going to be to date <laughs> in those moments. And, like, watching her relationship with Ross develop has been really fun. Because mm-hmm. they have such, like, a like a playful, just, like, they just fuck with each other the whole time. And she adores him. Which kind of makes me, you know, jealous, but whatever. It's fine. Anyway, so that's the picture that came up because I was showing my therapist. Um, So, ba- back to... This piece. <laughs> Back to we actually. About. Why is it important to know about theories?
1: Hmm. A lot of things pop into my head. The very first thing, which I don't know is if it's a good thing that pops in my head or not, is money. What do you mean? I think – I mean, obviously, if you're not presenting to insurance companies in an effective manner of the things that you're working on and, like, you have – like, you have any fucking clue what you're doing, yeah. you're going to get the funding that you need. Yeah. You do have to be able to describe, like, which therapeutic techniques you're using and mm-hmm. which theory they're derived from. And why it's medically necessary and all of these things. And if it's not good enough, I – fuck. They ain't paying you. Exactly. Yeah. So.
0: So another thing, you know, that we always – learned in our theories courses was like you have to understand the history you have to understand where psychology came from Mm -hmm. and where the roots are so that you can see that growth and you can play back on those things Mm -hmm. um because all theories have good parts Mm -hmm. you don't have to agree with the whole theory but they're all based on like just individuals who were interested in the mind and behavior and so they came up with a theory of behavior and they're all effective in their own ways Mm -hmm. and so it's important to know like where psycho psycho Jesus Christ, psychological theories came from in order to know how to properly implement the one you're going to choose and the one which fits best with you and your client. Yeah. So there are some that are like, I'm very holistic, very like Mm -hmm. everything's connected. I'm treating the whole person like I'm not treating a part of the person. Right. There are some people who literally come in and they just want you to fix their problems. Mm -hmm. And so you have to take that solution focused mindset.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that can be hard. For some people who are very like therapeutically based, for me as a case, as a previous case manager, easy. I can switch that on quick. Right. But then it's hard for me to switch it off for the people who just need to come in and verbally and talk. Process. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it matters. Um, so by understanding how thinking has progressed, you get a better understanding, not only of where psychology begun, but where it might be going.
1: Ooh, mm. good point.
0: Yeah. So you can look kind of into the future as to, like, what is psychology going to look like? One thing. Oh, we didn't talk about
1: feminist theory. Mm.
0: Talk about it. Do you know anything about it?
1: Um, I We touched upon it in, God, so briefly in my trauma-informed class. Um, In my trauma-informed class, we spent, like, a couple lessons on it. But I feel like I don't know enough to fully give it justice. Okay, okay. Hey,
0: hey. Let me let me help you here. So this is a newer theory, and it, it comes from the fact that most of the psychological theories that are used in practice right now were all created by middle-aged white, white men, men. Yep. Right? So the feminist theory, it's kind of evolving, and it challenges that patriarchal approach to therapy. So it really looks at gender roles and norms within your behavior and how that's processed um i need to find like a good
1: picture explanation yeah maybe i should do this
0: oh my god it's so um so it doesn't believe in one universal theory but um but it believes that all males and all whites benefit from their ascribed status. So it looks a lot at like gender norms, um, power differentials and how those things play into therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not going to do this justice because like, it's not a theory that I really derive from. Not that I don't believe in its stance. I just don't see how it's applicable to the entire population that I work with.
1: Right. <clears throat>
0: a lot of mine are like teens and kiddos but like the main part about this is advocacy this is really a huge theory within like the lgbtq ai plus, plus community mm-hmm. um because the biggest part of this theory is advocacy advocating for your clients teaching them to advocate for themselves understanding like the way their gender belief and gender roles and gender norms play into the way they treat others
1: mm-hmm. it's a
0: very interesting theory so if you have time to do research on it because yeah. i fucking butchered it
1: (laughs) that's what i said i'm like yeah i don't know i would encourage you to look at it (laughs) yeah if you're going to therapy and you're not entirely sure what your therapist's or your clinician's um theoretical framework is ask them yeah ask them
0: it should be in their informed consent um most clinicians will put it in there if you work at a private practice with multiple clinicians they kind of give a general overview of their practice Mm -hmm. so like ours talks about like the holistic care model because that's what we use we use integrative holistic care um if you have somebody who's very cbt focused you should see that in their informed consent ding 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 if not just freaking ask them
1: freaking ask them yeah See if what they do or the work that they like to do will benefit you because that's what you deserve if you're going to therapy. Yeah.
0: And if you don't like the way that
1: they approach situations or you are not
0: clicking with them because your personalities don't mesh, you have every right to change therapists. Yeah. And in this field, it happens all the time. Like you're not going to hurt their feelings. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Any therapist worth their salt wants you to get the help that you need.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Not, you know not because they don't want to help you, but maybe they're not the right person to help you.
1: And it's so cool, like, in a case manager role that, like, I'm in right now, when your consumers actually recognize that. And you're like, go best friend, yes! Because, like, okay, I had one who saw one specific um, clinician and they just fucking ghosted them. And they're like, I just don't like how they therapeutize me. And then a week later... Um, set them up with a different clinician in the same exact practice and they see them every single week. Yeah. Love them. And like, if you are able to recognize like this person isn't helping me, if you can share that with them and like, even upon like in your first visit, like, Hey therapist, this is what I'm needing from you. This Mm -hmm. is what I'm looking for in a therapist. Um, That would be very helpful to your clinician so that you don't have to go through that. Yeah.
0: Yep. It's a process, and it's not always going to be right the first time. Yeah. It's almost like dating.
1: Oh, my God. Date your therapist. Yeah. Oh.
0: Don't date your therapist. Your therapist should not be dating you. Unethical. Yeah, don't do that. But it's it's almost like dating. You know? like yeah. If someone's not right for you and you know that, you don't – well, sometimes you do. Case in point. Hi. <laughs>
1: um,
0: if somebody's not right for you and you're seeing those red flags and you break up with them – that's the same. It's kind of the same thing. If you're working with a therapist and you're like, this is not like, I'm not getting anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like them. I don't. I, I just can't do it. Leave. You're not stuck. Mm-hmm. Preach. You got a quote? Yeah. I don't want to stop now, but it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. I'm like, a, I'm kind of having fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I must draw my phone. Um, okay, so I have two. The first one is an Ernest Hemingway quote that I just freaking love. It actually used to be the background on my computer at work. Mm. And it says we are all broken. That's how the light gets in. Oh, I love that one. So the next one is by Jake Woodard. And I picked it because it's very planty. Okay. Okay. So I want you to imagine your mind like a garden and your thoughts are the seeds. You get to choose what seeds you plant in it. You can plant seeds of positivity, love, and abundance, or you can plant seeds of negativity, fear, and lack. You can also spend time trying to take care of everyone else's garden, or you can work on making yours beautiful and attract other beautiful people to your garden.
1: Oh, I love. That's all, folks. Make sure you water yourself and your friends' gardens. Goodbye.